Welcome to Get Your Book Done. I'm your host, Christine Closer, a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author, award-winning publisher, and book writing coach to thousands. I love helping aspiring nonfiction authors write, publish, and promote their best books because there's nothing more powerful than writing a book to transform your life, your readers' lives, your business, and ultimately the world with your message. So let's get started. Hello, I'm so excited to be here with you today for today's episode of the Get Your Book Done podcast because this is the first of the Q&A sessions that I'm going to be doing. I reached out to people in my Facebook group and asked them for questions like, what are the questions that you authors need to know? So if you're not yet a member of my Facebook group, you can go to the show notes, you can click on the link to join. So the next time I put up a post saying, hey, you know, give me your questions for my next Q&A podcast episode you can send me your questions and I can answer them directly. So today I'm going to cover three questions. We're going to be talking about everything from, you know, book writing to marketing. So that's kind of the topic today that I had questions on. So here we go. We're going to dig in. The first question I got was, hello, Christine. I want to ask you precisely how to write a book or how long it should be. I have lots of ideas for different books that I have in my mind, but I haven't focused on the one I've already started. I think I'm a little bit lost. Can you help, please? And the answer of yes, of course I can help. I'm the creator of the Get Your Book Done podcast, the creator of the Get Your Book Done program. I've been supporting authors and publishing authors since 2004. As I'm recording, this is 2020, so I bring 16 years of experience to the table with regards to this. And I love the question, first of all, about you know, can you tell me how, like precisely how to write a book? I can tell you precisely how to write a book. However, it is a much longer process than I have time to do here in the Get Your Book Done program or in the Get Your Book Done podcast. My program consists of 44 video lessons. There's hours of content. There's 12 modules. There's, you know, lots of different threads and processes that go into the actual journey of writing a book. Of course, if you want to learn more about that, you can go to getyourbookdone.com. But I do want to talk, and you know, we do have time here on the podcast to dive in on how long a book should be. This is a very common question that I get asked, like, how long should my book be? And the answer to that question is, it depends. Let me explain. There are different types of books. There are different word counts required for different publishing um, methods and models. There's, you know, a minimum number of pages that you need for it to be a book book. We'll talk about that. Different, you know, page counts sometimes for eBooks versus print books versus books coming out of a New York publishing house versus what I call mega books. So if you're not listening to me while you're on the road and driving and you actually have have pen and paper handy, you may want to um, take notes on this because I'm going to give you some word count parameters that will really be helpful for you in really considering what length you know you feel like your book should be, what's the right length for it. But let me first say that when you share about the length of your book in pages, like, oh, I've written 150 pages or 50 pages, it kind of means nothing to people in the book world. Not that it doesn't mean that you've accomplished Nothing, because certainly having any amount of pages is a massive accomplishment for authors, 
um, no matter what topic you're writing about. But it doesn't really mean anything because it's like, hmm, how many variables are there? Let's see. How big were the margins? What size font did you use? What was your line spacing? Was it single space? Was it double space? Was it, you know, 1.15, one and a half, one and three quarters, one and a quarter? Like there's so many variables that page length, when it comes to considering the length of your book, it means nothing in the industry. Okay. Now, when your manuscript gets turned into printed book pages, you know, then you, then it's like legitimate. Okay. This is a 200 page book, a 300 page book, a 50 page book, like who knows, but pages, when you're working on it, saying, you know, using Microsoft word or Google docs or what have you word pages don't mean anything. So you always want to think of book length in terms of word count, word count, any tool that you use, you can just, you know, click a button and see the word count, you know, people are like, how do I do the word count? Just look inside of whatever program you're using and find a tool that's word count. And there you'll have the number of words. So here are some guidelines that I want to give you around length of book. But actually, before I share those guidelines, I want to be really crystal clear on something. And that is that as you are writing your book, the right amount of words is the amount of words that you need to communicate what it is that you're communicating so that it is clear and easily digestible to your reader while not being filled with fluff and filler words. Because I have worked with people who are like, oh, my book is too short. It should be longer. Like, who says? You know, I have a little teeny tiny version of, you know, as a man thinketh. I think I could read that book in 15 minutes. <laughs> you know, it's like a two staple little pamphlet book, but it has sold, I don't know how many copies, but if, if not, you know, millions, certainly thousands of copies of that teeny tiny little book because those were the amount of words that the author needed to be able to communicate what needed to be communicated in that book. So do not feel like you need to add filler words or fluff words or Add in extra things just to pad your book with words, especially in today's world. You know, people's attention spans, in case you haven't noticed, have shortened greatly. And more and more and more readers are leaning towards books unless they're reading for pure, you know, pleasure and they're, you know, knee deep in a novel that they just don't want to end after, you know, a thousand pages. Um, unless it's one of those books, if especially if you're writing nonfiction, which is most of my authors are writing nonfiction, sort of self-help, how-to, prescriptive nonfiction type of books, that sort of book, people want to get the information. They want to be inspired. They want to be empowered. They want to get the answers. They want to, you know, have evidence through the book of how this has worked for other people and have some, you know, case studies and stories but they do not want fluff and filler just so you can meet some particular word count. So that said, I am now going to give you four different ranges of word count that you may want to consider as you look at the type of book that you're doing. First is a standalone entry-level Kindle-based or whatever other platform if you're not an Amazon supporter type of ebook. And there are a tremendous number of short, simple ebooks that are out and available that are just between 10 
and 15,000 words. Like it's a pretty small book. Actually, I have a book myself called The Transformation Quadrant. It is available on Amazon. You can go purchase it either in print or in digital. Now, the print version of this book is a whopping 56 pages. 58 if you consider, you know, the couple pages of back matter that I have with my contact information and other resources. But that's it. It's teeny tiny. And it's, I think this is literally right under 10,000 words, but I have it as an ebook and I have it sort of as a lead magnet book. I give it away for free on my website at christinecloser.com. And I also make it available for sale on Amazon because some people, I mean, Amazon's one of the best search engines that you've got on the planet pretty much as much as, you know, there's so much controversy around supporting a, a behemoth like that. But for us authors, it's, you know, it's where people are going to buy a book still. So that said, that's a little, you know, ebook that I have up in Kindle and it's just about 10,000 words. So you can do a 10 to 15,000 word book. Like I said, I haven't printed mine. It's a whopping 56 pages <laughs> um, and it's small. It's five by eight size, uh, you know, trim size, but there's some graphics in there. It's small, but mighty, you know? So that is one option. This is, you can kind of consider it like a micro book, if you will, and 10 to 15,000, you know, standalone, mostly delivered an ebook. But like I said, I'm an author. I wanted, I'm, a, well, I'm an author coach. <laughs> this is my business. I'm a publisher. So I wanted the print version of that book as well. But uh, not everyone, most people don't print a 10 to 15,000 word book. They just do something simple, you know, to get something done that they can do electronically on the platforms that exist for that, namely, you know, Kindle and KDP. So that's one possible word count. Another possible word count is if you are going with a traditional publisher, like you have a book, you know, you got an agent, you signed a book deal, you, you know, released rights, you're going to be getting paid royalties from the publisher on your book. Those books in this prescriptive nonfiction sort of self-help area of these transformational books Typically, what those publishers are looking for is a book that is somewhere between 50 and 60,000 words in terms of word count. So that's a whole different ballgame, you know, than 10 to 15,000 words to put a simple ebook on Amazon, if you will. So that's about 50 to 60,000 words if you're going with a traditional publisher. And uh, just so you know, I can tell some of you right now are having questions about tra um, traditional publishing. If you go to my site, christinecloser.com, I'm actually hosting a publishing masterclass in August. So I encourage, and you'll see, if you just go to my site and scroll down, you'll see there's like a bar there where, you know, talks about my publishing masterclass. And that will just help teach you all the pros and cons of all the different publishing methods, the three core ones and the nuances of one of those paths and how to figure out which one is right for you. So if you have a question, well, how do I know if I'm a fit for traditional, then listen to that masterclass next month. And again, you can go to christinecloser.com or you can just go to the show notes and get information there um, as well about that publishing masterclass. But traditional would be about 50 to 60,000 words. Now you also have what's called these mega books that I mentioned. And my company, we've published, I think we published two mega books, um, as I call them. And those are your books that are upwards of 100,000 words. Actually, I think we have our third mega book coming out here 
sometime later this summer for an author. It's rare that we see books that are that long because, I mean, they're a deep dive. Like your reader really has to be committed, especially if it's nonfiction. If it's a fiction book and it's that long, like they just don't want the story to end, you know? Like I just, I don't read fiction often, but I was just reading a fiction book and I was reading it on my Kindle and it said, you know, 30 more minutes, you know, to the book. And it was like, oh, I'm so sad for it to be over. And then it turned out that the book was finished on the next page and there were 30 minutes worth of reading through the back matter, acknowledgements and resources and references and all this stuff. And I was personally really disappointed because I just wanted that fictional story. Like it was such, it was so amazing. I just wanted to stay in that space. I didn't want the book to end. So it's not uncommon for a lot of these mega books to be fiction or some of these longer works, if you will. But like I said, we've got our third one that we're publishing is well over a hundred thousand words in the manuscript. And that is what we consider a mega book. It's an undertaking for you as the author. It's a huge undertaking for your reader as well. It's a massive commitment to read a nonfiction book of that length. So just you know, keep that in mind as you move forward with the process with your book. And again, you want to make sure that you are putting in only the words needed to share the message without necessarily covering too much information, leaving anything out, but absolutely you know, cutting out any fluff and filler for sure. Now, the other, the fourth word count that I want to give you for length of the book is what is really like a typical self-published book length. Like this is if you're going to publish the book yourself or work with a company like mine or many of the others out there to help you publish it. What we're seeing in that arena of uh, book length is closer to 35,000, 30 to 35,000 words up to that 50,000 mark that we're seeing coming out of, you know, more traditional like random house type type publishers. So we have a lot of our clients that come through my Get Your Book Done program that we end up publishing are around that 35,000 word mark. It's substantial enough, but it's a very digestible word count length. Um, my book, The Freedom Formula, was right around that 35,000 mark. And you know, I had people who were like, oh my gosh, that was so amazing. I, your book showed up at my door. I opened up the package. I couldn't resist the book. I sat down. I read it like in one sitting. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, people nowadays are are appreciative of getting as much as they can in as little time as it requires for them to get it. So I find that that thirty five thousand up to fifty thousand is kind of a sweet spot for self published authors. So hopefully that all helps and answers the question around you know length of book. Again, to have answered that question and tell you precisely how to write a book, deeper dive length we could cover today on this Q&A podcast. So thank you for the question. Next question is, someone says, I'm starting to, I'm about to start sorting through large boxes of family papers, photos, research, etc. And given the sheer volume, I'd like to have a plan for how to categorize it. Any pointers on where to start here? Now, I am going to instruct you, like answer that question based on the assumption that this person and any of you that this might relate to is someone who's writing more memoir, like, right, they're writing some story about their family and the photos and, you know, this journey of the family, if you will. 
And the thing to keep in mind when you're going through all this information and sorting it is first, ideally, you want to have a roadmap in place, a plan in place for the arc of your book. So, you know, where is the story going to start? How is the story going to proceed until it kind of comes to its peak? How is the story going to come to a conclusion? Where do you want your reader to be at the end of reading the story? Because there are many different ways you can organize and categorize and put together all of your information for your book. And this, whether, whether or not you're sorting through you know, family papers and research to do a memoir type book, or you just are sorting through all the ideas that you have in your head um, for your book, you know, your book, not necessarily memoir, but more like a how-to self-help type of book, a teaching type of book. When you have all these different ideas, there are usually many different ways you can slice and dice the content to deliver it to your reader. The thing that matters most is that you actually don't get ahead of yourself. You don't put the cart before the horse in terms of trying to figure out how to organize content and these different papers and ideas when you don't yet have a sense first of the journey that you are taking your ideal readers on. So you want to back up and do some of the foundational work first. And again, this is like the whole first section of what I teach in the Get Your Book Done program. The first couple of modules are all about building foundation, asking yourself core questions, getting the clarity that you need to understand who your ideal reader is, what the flow is that they need to be going on. Like for them to get what you want them to get from this book, where do you need to start? How do you progress? And where do you want to end? It's very much like going on a road trip, right? You're here, point A, and you want to go to point B. You're not just going to get in the car and start driving and hope that the car is pointed to the beach if that's where you're going or the mountains if that's where you're going. No, you're going to like have your route. You're going to know your plan. You're going to, okay, we're going to start here. My husband recently drove cross country from Sacramento with a U-Haul full of stuff from his father's home. Uh, his parents' home. But uh, anyway, like he and his brother who were driving back cross country together, they knew, okay, night one, we're going to be stopping in this town. We're going to have driven this many miles and we're going to be staying at this hotel. Night two, you know, we're going to have gone this many miles. We're going to stop in this town. This is the route we're taking to get there. And this is the hotel that we're staying in. And they had the entire trip mapped out. And literally my husband landed at our door across country within an hour of when he said he'd be here. Like they were so on the mark with their schedule. They had a plan. They started at point A, they, okay, there's, there's point B. What are we going to do to get there? How, what's our best route to get there? This is what you need to do with your book. You need to know your point A. You need to know your point B. Where is your reader starting? Where do you want them ending? And how are you going to get them there? And then, and only then, does it make sense for you to begin to go back and sort of file through all of the information and the data and the research and the papers and the photos that you have to be like, okay, this photo is going to belong in this part of the book. This photo is going to belong in this part. Oh, this research is really going to make sense here. 
or you know, these papers are so relevant for what I, what's going to be shared in that part of the book. But you have, a, have to have a sense of that roadmap first. Again, like this is all stuff that I deep dive into and the Get Your Book Done program. And of course, in all those group coaching calls we do every week for our clients there. But this hopefully gives you a good skeletal structure of just understanding conceptually when it's time to dig into all that stuff. And if you don't yet have your map in place, you're diving in prematurely and you're going to continue to be overwhelmed. And again, this goes for the woman who is asking this specific question. And this goes for every single one of you who is in a process of writing or thinking about writing and just has all sorts of different ideas and information you know, floating all over the place. You know, some of it might be on a scratch pad next to your bed. Some of it might be on a note in your phone. Some of it might be on a voice memo. Some of it might be typed up in a document. Some of it might be in a Google Doc. Some of it might be in a journal. Right? So it's kind of, it can be overwhelming, which is why getting this foundation, getting the roadmap in place first is critical so that you can begin to sort and categorize what goes where inside of the book. So Great question, and hopefully that helps. All right, next and final question that I'm going to cover today for this episode, and I'll probably, I think I have another Q&A that's going to be coming up in a couple of months. I feel like every other month, I've got a Q&A podcast set up in my schedule. So like I said, stay tuned to my Facebook group if you want me to answer your question. Um, I'll be happy to do that, but I, I put out the call for questions inside of that group. So, all right, third question I'm going to cover today is about platform building. And specifically, what this question is, is looking for hands-on assistance with platform building. And here's the thing, like writing, editing, publishing, marketing, platform building, like everything that goes along with this journey of being author, it's not one size fits all. At least it's not one size fits all how I do it because no two authors are exactly the same. So it's difficult for me to be like, this is what you need to do and this is who you need to talk to without digging a little bit deeper. So for all of you who have questions about platform building, here's what I want you to consider. And this is how I'm going to answer the question is you need to first, before you go looking for hands-on help building a platform, is you first need to do some research and I'm talking about research inside of yourself, not out there, not looking at all the you know 5,000 emails in your inbox that are like are about platform building or going to look up platform building resources. Um, you need to first do some inner research and figure out for yourself, like what do I want my platform to look like? Because there are people who are like, oh, I need to get blogging. Like I got to build my blog. It's like, well, why? And they're like, well, someone told me that I needed to do a blog if I was going to be an author. And that's not true. You know, some people, like blogging is the exact right thing for them because they can't get through a day without writing. Like they have to express every single day in written form and in long-term written form, you know, not in 140 characters and a tweet. Like they, they have something to say and they need time and space to say it. Like if that's you then, you know, blogging and guest blogging and writing articles and getting your articles out there on your own platforms and visibility on other platforms, having other people with large audiences, you know, share this resource, this article, this blog post with them, like, then that might make sense for you. But not every author 
I'm certainly not me and lots of the people that I've worked with and who have published amazing books. They're not that kind of person who needs to write every single day in that sort of long form, you know, blog format. So, you know, giving them a resource to help them, you know, get a lot of followers for blogging, get traffic for your blog and all that, it makes absolutely no sense, right? It's just like, you know, for someone who is like, they love writing, they love the quietude, they love the solitude of it. Like if they never had to go out and speak on a stage or on a Zoom camera, um, as we've been doing so much of lately with everything going virtual, like, you know, platform building, using a stage and speaking to do that for that author makes absolutely no sense. And for all the people who are saying, oh, you have to be a speaker. If you're going to be an author, you have to be speaking. Not true. If the author doesn't like speaking and is going to keep them from going out there and doing it. So when it comes to platform building, you first and foremost need to you know, know thyself, if you will. You need to know like what, what platform building activities are you actually like excited and interested and might, you know, experience joy in doing. And let me just give you some, you know, potential ideas for things that, you know, would be potential platform building vehicles for you. You know, we discussed blogs. Of course, there's Facebook. If you're good on video, you might want to be doing videos or doing lives on Facebook or, you know, starting up a YouTube channel. And once your videos go up on YouTube, you know, sharing it in every possible place that you can you may want to do what I'm doing. Like you might want to host your own podcast, you know, interview great people, do some of your own solo episodes and use that as a way of getting your message out there and connecting with people, right? This is part of my platform, this podcast. You may not want to host your podcast, but you may be a talker like me and you might benefit from being a podcast guest, you know, which is beautiful because there are podcasts that are so niche that you could potentially be speaking to multiple audiences every single month in the comfort of your own home, even in your pajamas without any makeup done, no tie on, no nothing, because they're pretty much, you know, all recorded in audio. Some are done in video, but, you know, if that sounds like your cup of tea, then you may want to, you know, really look at, you know, who can I get to help me get visibility on podcasts? So, you know, only you know if that's you. Some of you are like, mm, not podcast for me. I want to be on TV. Like I love live TV and cameras. I want to be in my local news stations and, you know, as much as I can TV. Some of you dream of, you know, Oprah's Super Soul Sunday and hanging out and having that conversation. Certainly has happened for enough authors. So perhaps you, but that, you know, that's another possibility. As I mentioned earlier, you might be someone, I was just talking with a client, um, one of my private clients not too long ago. And she was like, what should I do? And I'm like, you know, said, I really think that for you, you would benefit greatly from getting articles printed in like prestigious publications, magazines, newspapers, things like that. Now, I did not know that she had already had an op-ed published in the New York Times. And, you know, she knew people who were editors at prestigious magazines that she could reach out to. Um, But just who she is and what she's doing in the world and her message, like I really felt like for her, that was going to be the right strategy. But that doesn't mean it's the right strategy for everyone. Like, oh, you know, I don't want you thinking to yourself, oh, well, she told one of her clients to do that. Like, I need to go do that. 
no, it might not be the right thing for you in terms of building, you know, building platform. Some people use meetup groups. Now, again, lately we haven't been a whole lot in person. Hopefully we will be soon. There's a lot more happening virtually, but some people, you know, initiate and start a meetup group and they present as a leader in their community and that helps them build their platform. Others will, you know, be guests on every possible summit that they can imagine being on and they will actively pursue getting booked to speak on summits. You know, other people want to pursue live speaking engagements, whether it's pay to play, doing a sponsorship at an event, when events come back on, onto the, the map and into our reality, you know, even paid speaking gigs. Like these are all various things that you can do, right? I recently ran a training um, early this month with John Kramer, who is the author of the book, A Thousand and One Ways to Market Your Book. And he's like gaga over Pinterest as the best social media platform out there for selling books, right? So that's a whole other thing. So in terms of answering this question, in terms of, you know, what are the recommended resources, hands-on assistance with platform building, it depends. First, for you to know yourself and know what it is that you would do consistently, that is a key word in platform building, what would you do consistently? That is not going against your natural grain. You want to pursue platform building activities that feel right and natural and that's sort of your style of being. I mean, I'm an author, I coach authors, but if I can talk instead of writing, I'm way happier. You know, any interview, anytime, ask me anything, like I'm good to go, but tell me to sit down and like create content for you. No way. Just ask me a question and let me talk and I'm good to go. So I know this about myself. So that impacts, you know, how I pursue platform building, which is why you're hearing me in this podcast now, which is why I pursue being a guest on other people's podcasts, because I'd rather use spoken word than written word, even though I'm a published author many times over. So I hope that helps answer the question for you to understand. And once you do have a sense of like, oh, this is my style, this is what I think I want to do you know, then maybe come over to the Facebook group and post a question, say, hey, you know, I've decided, I know that this is what I want to pursue in terms of my platform building. And, you know, I'm in there often enough. I, you know, I'm in that group several times a week, checking and keeping up and answering questions and things like that, as is my team, as are my team members are in there as well. So if we have a good resource that we feel is trustworthy and valuable and insightful and someone who you can count on, then you know, we're happy to share the resources, but it's premature for me to do that now because I have no idea what this particular, you know, person's interest in natural style and inclination are. But I hope for any of you who have questions about platform that that, you know, helps you understand a little bit more about, again, the foundation that needs to be put in place first and foremost, before you just go out and like throw strategies at something. Throwing strategy at something without a solid foundation underneath is just a recipe for disaster, and I don't recommend that anybody do it. So know thyself first when it comes to platform building, then be precise and be methodical about going out and finding resources and you know uh, people that can support you in that endeavor, and either teaching you how to do it or in you know being contracted to do it for you. So there you have it. Our first Q&A podcast, that was a lot of fun. I actually love coaching people like that and answering questions 
It's why I do it for a few hours, you know, a couple times a month with my get your book done clients, like ask me anything and I'm good to go. So when I do my next Q&A episode, which I I think is on the schedule for September, I'm not looking at my schedule right now, so don't hold me to it. But I will be posting that again on my Facebook group. All the details are over on the show notes. You can go to the show notes and you can see um, how to join my Facebook group. You can see how to get a copy for free of my Transformation Quadrant book, my my little 10,000 word book. So you can get a sense of what that's like because we talked about the book length and the micro books earlier. And of course, you know, there's also a link there or you can just go to getyourbookdone.com to learn more about my program. And, you know, how I can give you everything I've got to help you in the writing, uh, publishing and marketing process of your book. So that is it for today. That was fun. Thanks for hanging out and uh, tuning into this episode. And I look forward to seeing you on our next episode next week. In the meantime, of course, happy writing, everyone. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Get Your Book Done. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about today. And if you want my help with your book, head over to christinecloser.com to learn more and get a free copy of my book, The Transformation Quadrant, which will show you how to blueprint your book in 15 minutes or less. The Get Your Book Done podcast is where the leading conversation is happening for transformational authors everywhere. And I'm grateful you tuned in.